0: This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX that's C R U X for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's S E where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams. Not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, but more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with a policy that's affordable. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803 803- 803 995-8484. If my dad can't save me money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, apparently you guys like quick hits, so we're going with another quick hits. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts Now. now, now. That's who's not your dog
1: hands. That thing is beating your dog on chest right now. Can you feel that?
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at Talk.net. You can also check us out on the Facebook group page, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. It is a pleasure to be back with you guys on this beautiful, beautiful new episode Wednesday. Hopefully everything has been going for you, good for you. Without further ado, please welcome in my main man and yours, my co-host DJ Star. What's good, bro?
2: How you doing, Big Cliff? <laughs> I just, just real quick, showing homage and paying homage to the, to, the, to the man and the legend, Gilbert Godfrey we uh lost him today he was one of my first Im- Im- impersonations if you will that i used to do as a high school budding comedian when i was just a class clown just a so, cla- just class
0: clown <laughs>
2: yeah man yeah what's good with you, dog
0: man cooler man yeah shout out to the legend man gilbert, gilbert godfrey a lot of folks don't even realize the the amount of work that he's done not just in like favorite movies like Parent Trap. i say parent trap uh, what's the movie with the little uh little bad kid uh with the uh Junior Healy,
2: Kindergarten Cop.
0: No, with Junior Healy, um, the not trouble kid with the little kid with the child? problem child. yes sir, that's it. uh So a lot of his work with Problem Child or voicing Iago from the Aladdin series. Uh, he's a talented actor, man, and good comedian, funny dude. Sorry to see him go at age of sixty seven, man. But shout out to a legend. So, but yeah, bro, uh, how was your weekend, man? What you been up to?
2: Everything's good, man. Uh, I just hate to start on such a somber note, bro. But definitely also just to get it out the way and. Formality purposes, prayers to the ten. I'm not sure if you heard about it, but the ten that was shot up in a up in NY. Yeah, you know that's the hometown, so I got to show love where where it's due. But yeah, like I said, I hate when we start off like that on the somber notes, but I just had to show the respect.
0: Yeah, it's listen. If nothing else, it gives us an opportunity to pause and reflect. Uh, There's a lot of loss going on, um, and, and we we need to appreciate the times and the moments that we are here. So, if your loved ones are still here, hug them, hold them. And uh, take good care of them, man. But like you said, it's a somber note. But at the end of the day, we 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 got a show to do. The folks seem to dig the uh, quick hits format, or uh, that we did last week. I guess it's up to us to go ahead and hit them with another one. What you what you say?
2: Yeah. All right. Well, let's sure, jump on in, sure. man.
0: Well, uh, we talked last week a little bit about some of the uh, play-in scenarios and how things may have looked. But as it stands, seven through ten is locked in, man. You want to start off in the east and talk about uh, the seven eight matchup and in the nine ten.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, a, in a twisted sense of irony, y'all forgive me, we're going to stay in Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets actually play the Cleveland Cavaliers. They probably started the first quarter or just about to start up um, as we're recording. Uh, and then uh, later on this evening, around 930, the Clippers will be playing the Timberwolves. Just to run through it real quick, tomorrow evening, your Charlotte Hornets mm. will be playing the Atlanta Hawks. For the nine ten game in the East, and then the San Antonio Spurs will be playing the New Orleans Pelicans for that nine ten game out west. So starting off with tonight, who do you like, dog? uh With the East game, the Cavs and the Nets, and then the West game, the Clippers and the Timberwolves.
0: Just before I give you, I guess, my synopsis of it, just to remind the fans out there, with the new format of the play-in, uh, the way it works is the 7-8 and the eight seed play, and the winner of that game is automatically locked into the overall 7 seed for the postseason. Um, the winner of the nine ten game then takes on the loser of the 7-8 seed game, and the winner of that game locks into the 8 seed. So um, the 7-8 tonight is, is a big deal because you you win and you're in with this one. Um, and and, and there's no doubt for me, I'm I'm going with the Nets, the way that Kyrie has been playing lately, um, the way that Kevin Durant is really showing himself to be one of the top two players on the planet um, that they're, they're rounding in a form. And like I mentioned last week, I would hope that your boy uh, can get healthy a little bit. But even if he doesn't, they look good. Um, yeah, and, they do. And they're getting a lot of contributions, even from Drummond, um, who I, I've never been – I hadn't been a big fan of, even when he was with the Lakers last year. Um, I always thought he was too small to, to guard, like, centers and a little too big to guard the four and, and the three position. But um, hes they've been getting some that good pro- productivity. Harrell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, But they've been getting some good uh, production out of Drummond, man. So, um, yeah, I'm going with the Nets in this one, man. i see
2: what you did there drum man (laughs)
0: hey you know it uh over in the west though the seven eight seed is the tim uh, timberwolves i'm sorry to say the tims the timberwolves yeah because you know them timberlands boots be up on them timberwolves but uh you know what that's actually where i got it from the timberland timberwolves and down in charleston Hmm, who knew but uh the timberwolves and the clippers I'm going with the Timberwolves for the just for the fact that I don't want the Clippers to be in the postseason. So I'm hoping that they lose. Mm-hmm. Salty. Oh, every flavor out here. And I'm choosing to be salty. Uh, but, yeah, no, I hope the Clips lose to the Timberwolves. And then I'm gonna jump ahead and I'm fully expecting them to lose to whoever wins the 910 C- um, matchup tomorrow night, which we'll talk about in a moment. But in the uh, East matchup, who do you have with the Nets and the Cavs?
2: Um, I like Brooklyn tonight for a lot of the same reasons that that you mentioned. Uh, the, the, the one of the biggest reasons, because the Kyrie and Kevin Durant thing is kind of a lock-in, but the, one of the biggest reasons are their role players and their supporting cast. So like you mentioned, your Drummonds of the world, Blake Griffin, and, you know, they, they got some cats that's going to be, that supporting cast is going to, I think, step up and do what they got to do to take care of business. I don't think that Brooklyn saw themselves in this position, so they looking again to just take care of business and just go ahead and lock in what they got to lock in or whatnot.
0: Real quick. What are your thoughts on um, <laughs> the Bucks trying to avoid them and actually losing the game the other day or not starting any of their starters to give the Cavs the opportunity to get in and uh, lock up that eight seed?
2: My, my response isn't, it isn't politically correct. Mm-hmm. So I won't say what it's a more of a barbershop answer and it might get us canceled but it was whack i'm gonna just say it's whack <laughs> <laughs> just say it's whack. It, now that the term that i was looking to use you and your first cousin shout out to the carolina king y'all use it all the time so i'll just give you that much bro
0: yeah listen and that's exactly what it was bro if you, it was without oh, the doubt. term
2: that y'all use oh yes
0: that that was <laughs> it's, uh, yes it was no <laughs> way that they should have <laughs> got away with doing that but again hey it is what it is. It's like like tanking. Like it's gonna be a thing until people stop it and change right. the rules. But um, yeah. Over in the West, who you have in that seven up, seven eight, seven up, seven eight yeah. matchup with the Timberwolves and the Clippers?
2: Um, like I've kind of been lamenting the past couple weeks, man. I've, I've been a fan of what the Timberwolves are doing. Okay. Uh, a lot of people don't like uh, Cats' recent like post All Star game. Kind of attitude and and mm-hmm. swagger that he's been walking around with, mm-hmm. but I love it personally. If it's if it's if it's fabricated from Pat Beverly or not, I like his confidence and and what he's doing with his swagger. But then also I mentioned it the other week. We can't sleep on Anthony Edwards and him him being a walking highlight reel as well. Literally. Um. In the in the production that he provides to them, so I, I like I like uh, the Timberwolves in this a whole lot.
0: Yeah, so it seems like we're going pretty rock chalk with that one. That uh, just tasted bad in my mouth. Rock chalk. Ugh, after they, they, they did the My Targets. But either way, uh, and with the matchups tomorrow night, uh, we're looking at 9 10 Hawks versus Hornets. For me, I'm going Hornets. And I want them to win against the Hawks and turn around and win against the Cavs and lock in that eight seed. And let's get some playoff games up here in Charlotte, man. What about you? Which way are you going with mm-hmm. the Hawks Hornets?
2: Definitely the Hornets. Anytime that Carolina slash Charlotte is playing an Atlanta team, I'm always going to be going with the Carolina side of things. Let's go. Um, the other thing about it outside of Miles Bridges being Miles Bridges. Um, and of course, LaMelo and Terry doing what they do and Montrez we haven't really talked about this, this acquisition that they've made post all-star game, but getting it, Mm. getting little Isaiah Thomas Mm -hmm. has been, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? A little sneaky acquisition that just, yeah, you can inject the energy whenever you want into the game. And it's one of those sleepers where you're like, Oh snap, I forgot this, this dude is a score. Like he can go, you know what I'm saying? And before you know it, he might have eight or 12 points on you or whatever like that. And, uh, and they, they they just figured out different ways to manufacture their wins um and we'll see what happens so i like the hornets i like them taking the calves to the to the distant even a a, a veteran slash rookie filled calves team that they have i just got to go with the hornets just being here in charlotte um don't want to get exiled out of this city
0: <laughs> so you like you you enjoy staying here you gotta gotta stay there
2: yeah, got a roof for got a roof for Charlotte.
0: Definitely, definitely. Now in the West with the nine ten, the Pelicans and the Spurs, what you thinking?
2: I'm a, I'm gonna go with New Orleans, man. Uh been following up, kinda uh, hate to say it, sports dominance and you know, CJ uh McCullum, mm-hmm. you all right over mm-hmm. there, bro? hmm CJ
0: No, I'm just saying you you I mean if you're gonna tell me I'm right, go ahead and tell me I'm right. You ain't gotta uh, 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 humble, humble getting nothing. Go ahead, say it with your chest.
2: <laughs> So, anywho, but yeah, you know, C.J. McCollum's had 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 a lot to say. In other words, since he's been out there, the one big thing is that again, Brandon Ingram looks like he'll be out uh, with for tomorrow's game. So, you know, I just again, I, I got a got a hunch that the Pelicans could pull this thing out.
0: All right, you ready? You ready for this? Not only will the Pelicans win against the Spurs, but they will beat the Los Angeles Clippers. It's hot. It's not a hot take, bro. Hot it. Why is it not a hot take, bro?
2: Whoa, who cut that? I did. Oh my god. Can you play that again? It's hot. Hot edges. Yo, who said
0: yo? That's buddy from TikTok. It's like, it's oh hot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm done Dog, One I'm more time done, for the, One man. more
0: time for the, for, the, for the culture
1: It's hot Hot <laughs>
0: Oh man Oh man It's so much fun being nice But anyway Why I is that not a hot tape say,
1: Brad, If
2: I've ever questioned <laughs> That you have launched In marbles before <laughs> It is cemented now And on on top of that, do not let that drop go anywhere, please. What do you mean? Protect that with your life. No, I'm saying, protect that with your life. We need that every week. Let's get it. At the same time, I'm disappointed. (laughs) I'm so disappointed in you, but I actually just, the guilty part of me loves that Oh, it's, it's hot. hot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My
0: Dog, because I yo. listen. Well, in case you guys didn't know it, here at Carolina Sports Talk, uh, we produce literally everything for ourselves, all the cuts, the rips, everything. Um, I cut it and blend it and put all the stuff together, um, including our intro and stuff. But when I was searching for that, I knew I wanted Danelli in the background. Um, and, and and the invoice is mine with some effects or whatever. But I was just like, I need something else I'm saying. It's hot. Because what I really originally wanted was the Charleston... Boy hi. boy hi it was too sing and it didn't go with it so i just kind of searched and found that gem on tiktok
2: Yo, stop, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead back to the show though bro uh, uh
2: yeah is it really a hot take
0: it is bro because one, the Pelicans, without Zion, weren't expected to do anything this year. And not only do they have the chance to now make it into the postseason, but if they go in as uh, that eighth seed, they're going to be playing the Suns. Now, granted, I'm not giving them no chance against the Suns, but this just the opportunity to be there um, I think will be a big deal for that team that will help with the momentum. Um, although I'm still sticking with my original hot take of Zion going up to New York, whatever assets they're able to get in return, along with CJ McCullum, along with just that that defense that they play down there. And like you said, with the healthy squad, they could very easily be uh, somebody who can make some noise next season and, and, and in years to come. So yeah, no, I like them. And I, and I, I a lot of folks won't give them a chance against the Clippers, but I will. And I'm saying they're going to make that lock in at eight seed.
2: We'll true see. indeed. True indeed. Yeah, we, we shall see. I uh, You know, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm following you up with, it, with all of my takes, but it's just like, Kind of similar to filling out a bracket, an NCAA tournament bracket. Mm-hmm. It's the path. It's a path that I see stuff going. Now, just to be a little different, I will say I think that the Clippers will give the Pelicans a run for their money. I like Bobby Schmurter out there in L.A. Mm-hmm. and what he's doing, for, uh, what he does for them. Or whatnot on a night-to-night basis. I'm talking about Reggie Jackson for all y'all that didn't pick it up. I, I like the I like the uh, Clippers. I like Bobby Smyrta and the Clippers mm. over the Pelicans. Mm.
0: Okay, so we'll 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 put a pin in that and come back to it next week and see how that that works up. Now
2: yeah. it's hot.
0: It's hot. <laughs> so this week there were a couple of guys who, um, speaking of hot, they 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 dropped some hot takes in reverse. Man, they had some special deliveries yeah. out here, bro. I'll let the people tell them what's going on with that, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. So let's start off with Shannon Crowder. Shannon Crowder kind of made the headlines in the news for a a lot of the wrong reasons this week. He was on his podcast, The Pivot, uh, with Ryan Clark and had some comments with regards to Russell Wilson. Uh, Naming or mainly calling your boy a square, Uh, uh, really commenting on him and Sierra's relationship And saying, kind of alluding to the fact that Sierra's kind of, uh, that Sierra's fake for going from future to Russell Wilson. Um, I have my own thoughts on that whole thing. Uh, I've always kind of been comfortable in my skin, especially when we crossed as Qs. You were one of the main people to teach me that, uh, you know, I contribute to the fraternity. I don't try to take a piece and be what I think a Q dog should be or anything like that but being comfortable in my skin all through high school and college I've been fine and I've never you know I may have been called to square behind my back perhaps sometimes but everything to my face has been like you know you're a cool dude or whatever right with Channing Crowder's comments toward Russell Wilson is it time to kind of let up on Russell Wilson now bro or was he was he out of bounds or was he in bounds for this
0: I think he was out of bounds but like tiptoeing and like he got like a toe out of bounds I don't think he got the whole foot out but he's still out Um, and here for
2: the context I'm sorry to cut you up but for the context that it was in the fact that it was on their podcast and they Mm -hmm, kind of tout themselves of being a well go ahead then go ahead I just wanted to give that context as well
0: here's the thing I don't think that he's 100% wrong in what he says but the part about there's portions of it and that's why I said his toe was out of bounds Russell Wilson is a corny dude And not even so much because he's a clean, squeaky, like, good guy. Because I know plenty of good guys who aren't corny, but that dude is corny. Like, like if you ever just hear him talking, he's like, oh, oh hi, oh, I'm Russell Wilson. Oh, 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 like he's just a corny big dude. Big
2: Cliff, Big Cliff. You got rel- <laughs> to Bro. We got he- sponsors. We got sponsors from NC State. Uh, NC State pedigree.
0: Yeah, no, nah, but he we claims Wisconsin. He don't even claim the NC State no more, but neither here nor there. Bro, he's a corny dude. And, and, and that's okay. She loves a corny dude. Listen, there's, there's a lot of women who do. There's nothing with, wrong with him being a good dude. And I think that's something that's different. If she loves corny, that's cool. I think it's out of bounds to say that she was whack for going from future to that. Because at the end of the day, you love what you love. If she want to love a corny dude, let her love a corny dude. Now, that doesn't like say that he's not corny because, again, guy is corny. But I will say that um, he's a little bit out of bounds for the comparison or to say that she stepped down or was less or anything like that. So um, what are your thoughts on the matter, bruh?
2: very sim uh, very similar (laughs) like um there was a self-given nickname that he gave himself a couple years ago or like you know um uh, another identity that he Uh gave himself uh or whatever i forgot what it was but it you know again it was it was along those lines but my my thing where channing was out of bounds at again was saying that um sierra you know he can't believe that sierra we go from lead future and go to a square like Russell Wilson, because for one, they both got money. Um,
0: Long money. too pause.
2: Exactly, and so if I want little baby future and little Russell Jr. or whoever the whatever the other little baby's name is to <laughs> to baby grow future. up, <laughs> do I want them to grow up around a bunch of styrofoam cups of lean? and percocet pills and stuff or do i want them to grow up doing push-ups eating healthy what bro i can't even say that face for?
0: because i can't even say that future would be a bad dad because although that's his lifestyle 20, there's a lot of 20, people who live st- and do that stuff that separate their children from it and do the do a good say, job so
2: and that that honestly is the perception that he gives off so that might not right. even be his technically his lifestyle exactly. that's just the the persona that that he you know that he gives off and the the, the person that he plays the character that he plays to mm-hmm. the so that's a great point but at the same time bro i just can't blame i like it just comes off as hate whenever you're criticizing a woman for who she should be with
0: exactly especially because so, at the end of the I'll day i it at that. it don't matter who buddy was if he was president obama and went down to the cornball then um, excuse me and went down to russell Wilson then. It it, it didn't matter. That's her choice. Let her marry who she wants. Like, you can say, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson's a cornball. I wouldn't date him. Okay, you're a dude. And if that's your choice, then make that choice. But you can't, like, decide for her who she wants to be with and say she's wrong for whatever, like that. But he wasn't yeah. the only one this week who uh said some questionable <sighs> things that were taken a little bit out of context. Somebody else, a little bit closer to the Carolinas, had something to say, man.
2: Yeah, I think he needs to kind of stick to the fedora hats that he's used to but
0: <laughs> don't go newton, chasing fedora hats
2: <laughs> Exactly. stick to the fedoras and the bandanas you know that you're used to but our boy cam newton was uh the guest on million dollars worth of game with gilly the kid and wallow 267 the clip that's going around i'm just going to read a quick excerpt of what he said uh cam's quoted as saying i had a perfect perfect example of what a man in my life by my father. My parents have been together 36, 37 years now, and it's a beautiful thing. I grew up in a three-parent household, my mom, my father, and my grandmother, and I knew what a woman was. Fast forward to where Newton says, now a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs, right? And I think a lot of times when you get this aesthetic of I'm a boss, I'm a this, I'm that, no baby, but you can't cook. You don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. So um, that was the comments from Cam Newton. And again, in a podcast setting, you know, guys start feeling comfortable with that, like that barbershop type, type of talk and kind of letting their real kind of their real feelings out. I mean, your thoughts, bro, your thoughts.
0: In the words of Uncle Shannon, here's the thing, Skip. I don't think he's wrong for what he said. I think the way that it was delivered and the context matters. That's his perspective, because he even started off and says, to me, a real woman is. That's his viewpoint and that's his opinion. We live in a country that promotes free speech and allows and even encourages individuals to express themselves. Um, many of those qualities, I think, are great for a woman to have. Um, I think the context is important on on how he feels the way he feels. And um, if that's what Cam Newton feels is a great woman for him, I don't see no problem for, with that. Can't nobody be mad if uh, unless, unless you're trying to be with Cam. Other than that, let that man have his opinion. I mean, and like you said, the context of it being in the podcast world, in like the whole barbershop mentality, let that man rock. Ain't nothing wrong with a woman coming in morning. Destiny's Child made a song for it and it went platinum. Cater to you. But now, now everybody mad because an unemployed quarterback <laughs> is out on a podcast talking about it. Let that man.
2: When you put it like that.
0: Yeah, right. Let that man do what he got to do. Like, relax. Go ahead. What are your mm. thoughts on it, bro?
2: Yeah, uh I didn't think of the, the Destiny's Child angle at all. That's a, that's a prestigious point, my brother. Um, <laughs> but I, I do agree that this that's his his opinion. Um and here's the here's the other thing about it. We we definitely always want our celebrities to be real and raw and uncut with us whenever they're talking and not be PC. That's what we we always can kind of tell if they're being directed by their PR people and stuff mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And it is frowned upon. So in that, in that sense of everything, I am, I'm happy how, cause Cam's always kind of been unapologetic in his words and, and what he says. So, I'm, um, you know, it is what it is. I know looking in hindsight, we can always figure out the perfect way to say things, you know, the kind of knowing when to be quiet. That's kind of a personal like trauma thing that he may have been going through as mm-hmm. far as, things that he's dealt with in the past with, with certain women and stuff. And I, I, again, as a man, we can relate to the things that he said, but it's the veil. Like we always have kind of a veil up as far as what we allow for women to hear from us and what we keep behind closed doors. You know, there's a lot of women out there that's going to have their own woman conversations and stuff and it involves whatever it involves, you know, adult conversations regarding the bedroom or a dude's pockets and and you know and how much they make and stuff like that. So on the flip side as as guys, you know, we have these type of conversations. It's just that this was uh exposed to the world. And um yeah, it, I, yeah.
0: here's the thing for me Sticky. Cam has that uh what I like to call that Joe Biden mouth. Joe Biden will have some of the best pause. He will have some of the best uh speech writers in the world and as long as he sticks to those speeches He's perfect, but that one second that he goes off the cuff, now they're scrambling for weeks afterwards trying to correct and and, and, and repurpose the things that he said. Cam's notorious for that. Um, going as far back to the uh, podcast interview he did with All the Smoke, um, I think it was a good podcast. It was a good interview. I enjoyed it, but there's some things that you can tell that Cam absolutely did not get cleared with his uh, PR people and or anybody who would have had some sense to say yeah cuz you might not want to say that um cuz you know this is going to the world like everybody going to hit it right. so you might want to like not say and it was the same thing again i'm not going to knock him for his views um and his perspectives um i do i agree with some of them yes do i agree with all of them no but do i knock him no like Bray ain't got no job. Let that man do what he want to do. If he won't go in the pocket, you keep
2: circuit, bringing that up because
0: he does not have a job. He is not the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, nor should he be. Charlotte, Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, all of y'all boy up there, do not bring Cam, J. Newton, back to the Carolina Panthers. But yes, yeah, so the more
2: important thing.
0: That's the message. Like uh, yes, yeah, like that. That there is the part that is the highlight of it. Like don't don't bring him back because if you do, he gonna say like stuff like that. But anyway. Yeah, I don't knock him. Um, I think that he probably uh, needs a little help with regards to prepping and getting ready uh, before his next interview or podcast just to make sure that he is safe and secure and taken care of.
1: So
2: you're saying, Big Cliff, you wouldn't even want him in Carolina as an insurance policy?
0: Now, nah, listen, if I want insurance, I'm calling Grant Williams, our friendly Farm Bureau insurance agent in Columbia, South Carolina, who can help all of our listeners with their auto, home, life and health insurance needs. Give them a call at 843-453-5257. And Grant Williams, your friendly Farm Bureau insurance agent, will be there to handle all your insurance needs. Mention the code Big Cliff and get an extra special discount. So, dog, I whoo. I am glad we finally got up and do that part. But uh, we had a privilege this week to interview uh, a young man, Mr. Jamie Meldani, um, in his upcoming decision to announce where he is going to play college ball, man. Uh, as many of you may know from previous episodes, Jamie Meldani is a young man that we met some time ago back at the Martin Luther King Day tournament um, that we had a chance to call for Crux Media and actually gave him his nickname, um, The Detective. Um, And so we had a chance to sit down with him uh, And and, and meet with him So here is that interview now All right. next up we've got a very very special interview Um, I have got the 6'7 senior small forward Out of Trinity Collegiate here in the state of South Carolina Mr. Jamie the Detective Mal Downey with me here in the studio Jamie welcome in How are you bro? i'm doing good it's great to be on here finally it's been a while coming yeah yes yeah, so it's been a long time coming man um first of all for those who may remember um, uh, jamie is the young man uh that we had the opportunity to cover back at i think for the first time at the um mlk the M- classic yeah and just the way first of all it started off i got to give the credit now um be Be easy who is the host of the dj blaze radio show podcast here with crux media and my partner out there when we do call the games he was actually the one that came up with the name i perpet i kind of perpetuated it and kind of dragged it on along a little bit more but he was the one Mel Downey. his last name sounds like uh like a detective and and that's where it was birthed man tell tell the listeners a little bit how how you kind of found out about the name and, and just how your family received it and everything
1: it was kind of funny how I found out about it because we have our game film and it obviously didn't have you guys commentating on it or anything. But um, I went home and I was cooking in the kitchen at home and Teasley came up to me, our basketball coach, because we stayed in the house with him. He goes, did you hear the the game from Hartsville? They were calling you the detective every time you had a three-pointer or something. I was like, oh, I have to have a listen to this. <laughs> so I listened along, Long. I, I listened to some guys butcher my name a couple of times and then finally settled out to the detective and it was... It was funny. I don't think I really had a proper nickname before on the basketball court, but that was something I loved and it's something that's kind of stuck along the way now. So outstanding.
0: Well, you, you definitely earn it, man. And um one of one of my favorite parts was when we had you at the All-Star Classic, and uh, you said you you looked at the rim as your perp and, and just ready to take it down. That for me, that brought it full circle and it was all worth it, man. I, I do have to tell you, Jamie, I love your style of play. To be a big man, you are fluid with the ball in your hands, man. Whether it be a spot up shooter um, or whether it's driving to the hole, like um, you you got some ups, man. I mean, of course, yeah, you are 6'7. So, but what, 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 who do you think you model your style of play after the most, whether it be college or pro?
1: I usually look to my unathletic white guys because that's kind of how I have the base. I I don't really get up there that much. So, a lot of my moves are loosely based on Luca, and then okay. I like to kind of mix in a bit of Draymond Green, in the way I, as the four, carrying the ball up the floor, making play, making plays. I like to think of myself as a 2016 Draymond who could shoot the ball still. So, okay, that's okay. What I kind of think I modeled my game after. People could disagree, but that's what I think.
0: Now, after watching the Warriors win all of their championships, I can tell you, you're a better shooter than Draymond already. So, shout out to you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you can get to his level with uh, the defense, because you're a good defender, but that that dude's legendary. Um, Oh, yeah. What do you think, or what would you say um, would be the top... Two things that you want to work on with your game as you move and transition to the next level.
1: Really is defending. If I can defend at a higher level, I think I could play at a much higher level right now. I think my defending is kind of limiting me and uh, a bit to do with my body. I struggled with weight over last year. You guys caught me kind of, that was the first game bouncing back from COVID and a bit of a a weight gain that I, I didn't much appreciate on my knees. So we got rid of that and we got rolling from there on out. So yeah, definitely work on my body, become stronger, get get weight on the right way and um, be a better defender at the next level, too.
0: OK, now let's talk about um, your home because you're not from the States, right? Let, let the
1: folks know where you're from, uh, how long you've been here and actually what brought you over from uh, county Leix in Ireland. And um, I came over here two years ago and continue playing basketball because when COVID hit, Our country shut down it was done for, no sports. They only started playing basketball back again in March of this year, believe it or not. It's been a long, long time without any basketball. So my parents and I made the decision back in March of 2019 when everything was kind of, the world was ending, that we're going to go over here and if there's no basketball, at least we get an education because obviously we weren't very well equipped for going from teaching at home. That was our goal at the end of the day. So
0: pretty much just an opportunity kind of to, to jump in and continue the game that you love. Now, let's talk about that for a little bit. Where where did your love of basketball come from? Where was it
1: first birthed? So this is, a, this is a long story. Started off at home in this rickety old gym and right across the road from me where I grew up. So we had this small basketball club called Kestrels and right where I grew up. So the basketball coach there, club small, struggling financially, whatever, Practice there free. the The coach at the time was the PE teacher for me. in about, she, yeah, she was the PE teacher from when I started school all the way up till I was about ten or twelve. And she kind of coaxed my parents into getting me to play basketball. So I picked it up for a year, for two years. Um, I liked it a little bit. After the second year, I got slapped on a on a reserve team. Didn't like it anymore. Quit for a year. Came back again with this renewed birth, because I, I tried soccer out again, and I, I hated it. Those guys weren't, <laughs> they weren't nice people oh, on wow. that team for me. <laughs> I was a goalkeeper, and I wasn't too good, so that didn't end too well for me. So, um, after that, went back to basketball, started from the bottom, decided I was going to give it a real shot this time. Um, one of my friends, Rion Murphy, um, he was on the national team for a long time when I was growing up, and he was kind of the, the set standard in our basketball club to reach. So, He's a guy who kind of pushed me along the way. Louise Foster is the girl's the coach name. She's the one who got me into basketball and kept me going throughout the years. So at Kestrel's, I played for a couple of years, was on the B team my first year when I was 14. And then come 15, I was on the A team, about a third or fourth option on that team, worked my way up a little bit. Um, and then over the next couple of years, I elevated up probably the best player on the team by the time I was 16. And then... I had to leave clubs because I went to play in the, uh, the semi-pro league in Ireland up at UCD Marion, played with grown men, learned what that was like the first weekend, called all kinds of names, pushed around and stuff. But I think that I earned a bit of respect with that start. So all I did not really then was I was just a pure shooter. So I went out there and shot the ball, earned a bit of respect, got some playing time and kind of worked up from there. And then COVID hit when I was peaking in that season. I was kind of mad at that. But um, listen... It was a blessing in the end. I came over here and got a chance to go to college over here. So I'm grateful for it. Outstanding. And
0: and, and we're grateful for it. I know some of those similar to Luca, because I heard you mention earlier, that's one of the people you kind of loosely model your game after. But what would you say is the biggest difference from playing for the playing styles there in Ireland to those here uh, in
1: the States? Oh, 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 this is a big time difference right here, Beth. Pace of play here almost seems out of control sometimes in some of the games I've played in, especially when you're playing with those higher level guards. Those guys move a million miles an hour and it seems like they're out of control, but they know what they're doing. But back home, everything's so structured is 15,000 play calls. And if someone does this, then you do this and the different reads and stuff compared to here where it's a it's a bit different where we play at least at Trinity. I know some coaches are a bit more structured, but. A lot more loose. A lot more one-on-one happens over here. I can tell you that for nothing. Okay. Um, I've been asked to go one-on-one with guys, and I've never been a one-on-one guy. I've always been a pick and roll as a ball handler or as a screener or coming off screens, off ball. So the big difference, I would say, is pace. Um, people aren't that good shooters over here from the three-point line. You so said they're not? No. I well, think we're I'll- better shooters in Europe in general.
0: Okay, okay. I'm not going to argue with that because I've... I'm a Lakers fan, and we 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 see how that worked out for us this season. So, (laughs) I can
1: talk about that the whole day, but um, yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: So, you mentioned um, the opportunity to come to college, and and I want to lead up to that. Um, I know you have. Um, made some decisions um, and you've announced it I know, on your social media, but you're also going to get the opportunity here with Carolina sports talking. This is Carolina sports talking. Shemaine big cliff interviewing Jamie Maldonado, the six foot seven small Ford uh, senior out of Trinity collegiate. Now, before we announce, I guess, where you're going to college, what has, what were some of the major factors leading up and what were you looking for in, in, in a college and, and in that next step in your development and in your education?
1: Well, at the start, I was very picky about college. But then as you come along the way, you realize that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter really about the play style, as long as you can find a spot on the team and find a role that can work for you. But it, when you really have to look down into it, you need to look at the coach and the guys that are there and the culture that they're building. If you've got a bunch of guys who are, aren't are taking care of things off the court or in the classroom or aren't that great of guys off the court and the coach is a bit of a, he's a bit arrogant or whatever, he believes that what he's done in the past just gives him permission to say whatever he wants and right now. I mean, I had experience with that with a couple of college coaches. I'm not going to name any names or anything, but okay. Okay. I they know who they are. Um, I had some bad experience with some guys, a couple of guys that just kind of cut out just because I had a bad stretch of games. It was like the end of the world. Um, and I really, that's what motivated me in the second half of the season. I had a poor first half of the season. I'm not going to lie. It, it was bad. Struggled with health and problems, which have cleared up now. And I came back. Obviously, you guys were there for the first game back. Mm-hmm. Very motivated for that game. Came out, made a statement, playing against Marcus Kell. I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> He doesn't know that, but I'm, I've always tried to play up to him and try and be better than him. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, I mean, coming up to this college decision is really just finding a good guy, a good, honest coach who wants the best for me and wants me on his team to help him and believes I can help him.
0: That being said, for all the listeners of Carolina Sports Talk, where will you be playing your college basketball in
1: 2022, 2023? Well, the next season I'll be uh I'll be going to Coker University in Hartsville and I'll be playing there.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations. We are excited for you. Um I I've, I've gotta admit, I, I just um I wasn't incredibly familiar with Coker uh, prior to you making your announcement, but since then, uh, I saw that someone else has recently committed a, a young man, um his name eludes me now, but it's, uh, his. I'm friends actually with his father on Facebook. But um, I know that just in watching his highlights and just, again, knowing you as a player, um, Coker is going to be something to be reckoned with coming up yeah. down in the next couple of seasons. It's
1: the first, it's the first real season now that the coach, he, um, God bless his heart, he's recovering from a stroke. This is his okay. first real recruiting class. So we're looking to build something special. We're young guys. We're driven. And uh, I think we can do something in the next couple of years. I think we need to watch out for us. Oh, yes, sir. The Coca-Cobras. Uh, now, what are you looking for
0: in addition to, of course, that great education? What do you think? You, you mentioned defense uh, earlier. What do you think is the biggest thing that that squad and that opportunity is going to offer you in development as a player?
1: Well, I think it's somewhere that, um, since we're a bunch of young guys, it's somewhere to get experience right away and learn the proper way how to play in these kind of games. We're going to be thrown in the deep end early, and I know the first season is going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, but it's the right way to do it. I mean, thrown in the deep end, kind of learn. I think come sophomore, sophomore and junior year, I think we're going to be a real team. Especially for my sophomore and junior year, I think with the experience we're going to have built over those years, I think we're going to be something to reckon with in the sack now.
0: Mm, definitely, definitely. Well, I'll tell you what, I am excited. I will not only will I be keeping my eye on the Coker uh, University Cobras, but um, I'm gonna have to see if I can't get out there to Harlesville and check out some games next season and come see my guy, oh, the <laughs> detective. Anything you want to highlight to people before you, uh, before we get out of here, man?
1: I'll be playing in Europe this summer at okay. the uh, the FIBA European Championships. You guys need to keep up with that. I might catch a, I might catch an interview with you again. And if I'm over there, I might find a, a studio or something to record with you in, and I'll let you know how that goes. So um, that's what my summer's looking like. Uh, more basketball back home in Europe. Well,
0: outstanding, man. Congratulations on that. Um, and and that's going to be awesome. We'll definitely keep in touch, man. If nothing else, we'll um, FaceTime and get you in for an interview, man. But, Jamie, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to come in and talk with me today. We wish you nothing but success. You've got a lot of talent. You've got a lot of heart. But moreover, you're a good guy. And so we, we appreciate it. And we wish you nothing but success, man. You take care. And uh, we'll catch you again soon.
1: Thank you so much. I love to be on here and I love to be on here again. So, thank you for everything.
0: Sure thing. We'll do, man. Yeah, so that was Jamie the, the the detective Maldani, man. That's a good kid right there, man. I'm excited for him and uh Coker University, oh, excuse me, Coker College and they're quietly building a squad over there, bro, um with him and then I've seen at least two other commits coming in that Um, I don't know what their squad was looking like before, but I'll definitely be watching some of their games next year, man. So shout out to him. But um, one thing was brought up during that um, interview that me, got me to thinking, and we're going, what what is the best sports movie ever based on a true story? Um, He talked a little bit about his, you know, background and where he was coming from and how it could itself be a movie. And um, it got me to thinking about what is the best one of all time. So, uh, do you have a favorite sports movie that's based on a true life event?
2: When we're talking about the true life events, that's what—that's what, uh, what kind of you know. Because I have favorite sports movies, but then uh-huh. when we get to the true based life on a ones, true to story. be honest, yeah, yeah, to be honest with you, A League of Their Own definitely has been one of my favorite stories uh-huh. and favorite movies since I've been younger. Always been a Gina Davis fan. Not so much Tom Hanks, but I do love his performance in that movie. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Remember the Titans. That's just something that we watched over and over and over at Nauseam as far as with my varsity football team down there at Fort Dorchester. And outside of that, man, King Richard, of course, is a, is a young sleeper, that, uh movie that that I've, that I've definitely enjoyed. So uh, those three with honorable mentions, of course, to Anderson's very own um, M-42 Ah, uh, the late Chadwick Bozeman doing his thing. Okay, uh, definitely want to give that honorable mention. But yeah, those uh, those are the ones that stick out to me really.
0: So I wasn't expecting you to, to to say a league of their own. Honestly, it's probably one of not only one of my favorite sports movies based on a true story, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, like that and The Sandlot. Honestly, as as big mm-hmm. of a football fan as I am, those two are probably my two two of my top ten favorite movies ever. But um, I gotta say probably league of their own. Uh, remember the Titans is another good one for me, uh, but there are so many good ones out there. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a Carolina sports talk bracket challenge. Uh, we know March madness has come and gone. We didn't do the tournament brackets like we traditionally did, um, in years past or in the year past, shout out to a year down in Carolina sports talk, but we are going to do a best sports movie based on a true story bracket. We're going to take some of our suggestions that we have already given to you guys today. We want you to also hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram, at Carolina Sports Talk. Chime in on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. Or you'll see some posts about it in the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talk Back. But we want your suggestions on the best sports movie based on a true story ever. What we're going to do once we've got all of the uh, additions all, or all of the suggestions by next week's show, we're going to arrange all of them into a bracket um, and do this bracket style. Each week we will have one to two based on how many we get from you guys. Uh, we'll discuss the movies and, and, and we'll make a case. Each one of us, uh, myself and High Star, will be on one or the other side of it. Um, and we'll make an argument and you guys will chime in and your votes will determine what is the best sports movie based on a true story ever. Again, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina sports talk on the sports talk line cliff at Carolina sports dot net or you can hit us up on the Facebook group Carolina sports talk talk back. But this ought to be a good one and I'm excited for it. Um, one other note I wanted to make before we got ready to uh, get out of here, bro. The Washington commanders were recently in the news for some really large and pretty big accusations, and um, coming from uh, a report that Congress made. The headline reads, um, if I can get my computer to act right, the headline reads, the Washington commanders might have engaged in, quote, unlawful financial conduct, uh, Congress alleges Mm -hmm. to the FTC. Uh, A House Oversight Committee announced Tuesday that they have reason to believe that the commanders and the owner, Daniel Snyder, might have withheld um, or concealed ticket revenue and related funds as a part of a, quote, troubling and long running and potentially unlawful pattern of financial conduct, bro. Um, the meat and, and I guess the nitty gritty of it is an employee that was with the team for over 24 years came out and uh, basically was like, yeah, now nah, I'm sick of all of this. I'm, I'm about to let the whole everything spill. Um, he said, quote, even though we sold eight hundred and eleven thousand uh, dollars worth of tickets, we reported that the sale of the nf we reported that sale up to the NFL at a total of 721000 leaving just about 162000 of, quote, juice or money that would just go right into the owner's pocket and didn't have to be exposed to the NFL revenue sharing program. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge, bro, for a lot of reasons. Not just because it's cheating the league, but it's also cheating the other teams in the league. As where when some of them, like, if there's some competitive balance issues, like with the Tom Brady thing last uh, a few years ago with the deflated footballs, or if it was... um bounty gate or things like that where a lot of the teams would typically stand behind their their fellow teams there's 32 of them in the entire world i don't see them standing behind washington on this one they've already been doing a lot of getting a lot of struggle about the name and it took them forever to even uh, address that but now you couple that in with the fact that they hiding money from the other teams and other players now now i think they they got some smoke going on bro What what are your thoughts and what do you think like is this a big deal or i hate to say big deal no thing but is this You're a big right. deal because for you
2: a, that's a big deal it's yeah, a big man. deal I mean, you can take the uh you can take the redskins out of washington but you can't take the corruption <laughs> and take the corruption and the bureaucracy and all of the yeah. shady stuff out of there wow. and that is ridiculous i mean they're just acting like the uh the politicians but at the same time that yeah like you said the the things that they're accused of doing right now and stuff like that—it's just mm-hmm. it's that's another level. And honestly, uh, couple that together with these um, extra coaches that have jumped on the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit and stuff. The NFL has got a lot of cleaning up to do whenever it comes to PR, as if they as if it's like never a, like dull moment with the NFL. Right. Exactly. But it's always something going on where. That is a dirty, like, the business of of professional football is such a dirty, dirty game, man. The,
0: and that's my thing. Like, they know that there's stuff like this going on across everywhere, but, like, now you're cheating folks that you're supposed to be, like, like working with. Like, you cheating, like, right. the other teams. you you cheating fa- – like, there was even one um, accusation in it that said that they would, like, charge uh, refundable security deposits for a lease for, like, premium seats. So it was, like, business and individuals or corporate accounts. And then, like, when the lease expired and they were supposed to give the de- refundable deposit back, they would just keep the money and then convert it to, quote, unquote, that juice that just went straight into the owner's pocket – and wasn't reported, wasn't like... not? So they've been cheating fans, like taking money really from people. in this, yeah. Yeah, this, this has got some potential to get some legs and really be a stain for them, man. If I was Ron Rivera, bro, I'm getting about a dodge. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, yo, you know what, bro? I ain't left Carolina to come up over here with this with this foolishness around here, man. Y'all, boy, go ahead and let me get my papers and I can go someplace. Honestly, if you want to come so, back, I wouldn't be real mad about that.
2: <laughs> me neither. So what you're saying is, they're no longer the Washington Commanders. They're the Washington Corruptors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now nah, you got that off. You, bro. The, you got that off. Bro. Uh, but I, no, I saw that. I saw the, the, the birdies come in before I delivered it.
0: <laughs> Is that and a little bit At, least it, at
2: least it wasn't T.I. At least I wasn't T.I. in Brooklyn. If you've seen oh, that.
0: Laughs just kept going. Listen, now that... That's a big deal
2: <laughs>
0: For those of you who may have missed it Yo T.I. is a uh, quote And I'm putting this in very soft air quotations A comedian now um, But like Bruh just got up there and sounded like he was like On the block trying to talk to folks it's Like hey say what's happening man I'm T.I. Yeah, and I'm telling yeah, jokes cause I'm funny yeah. Hey man you ever done some stuff That everybody else do and we all realize we do it huh? And- and it went from there to yeah man because i'm saying i'm ti and i I got problems man like i be trying to use gold toilet paper
2: and the new york crowd was having none of that
0: none of it and they literally booed him loudly bro it's like come on ti like stick to records bro you're one of the greatest rappers from the south in history man like
2: i mean (sighs) while we're on that tangent real quick I, i don't think there's a problem with him doing smaller venues which Veteran, a lot of veteran comedians have Mm -hmm. advised him, like said, he may just want to stay with that for right now. Right. But he wants to shoot, he wants to shoot to the big leagues very, very quickly. And that was a, he was in the Barclays Center. He was in the bar. That's controlling. An entire crowd with no twenty fours instrumental in the background, no gangster grills beat playing, <laughs> you just talking. So yeah, yeah, it's,
0: it's different. It's different. Now let me ask yeah. you this: as as a, m- many of my uh, many of our fans know, you are not only a DJ, DJ Highstar, but you are also a comedian you do some stand-up and have done so for several years um i'm I'm gonna be honest you're a funny guy i've stolen maybe one or two of your jokes in a set of of mine or two before indeed you have Uh, but would, if given the opportunity would you go to let's say let's keep it in north carolina the bull jangles arena if you had the opportunity to do stand-up at the bull jangles arena here in charlotte and you've got some other big namers, a couple of, you know, other smaller artists. Would you go as one of your first opportunities on a grand scale?
2: Put it like this, like with the time that I have had not being on stage, it would have to be, it would have to be enough time. So enough months, in other words, where I could get my feet back wet in smaller venues and stuff like that, or just mm. in front of crowds. Cause what, what comedians do, we, we work out like if it's a gym, we go exactly. into smaller rooms. And we work out our material to see the smaller, like in those intimate settings, what's hitting, what's working. And then around the bigger crowds, I I wouldn't pass up that opportunity, definitely. But it's just I would need that time to kind of work out my material in front of smaller crowds.
0: So I'm not even close to being funny enough for that. bro. like the, the, the couple of times, the little sets that I've done. We're in, like, small low, open mics. I had already done something else, and it was a, a lot of folks who knew me, so they knew my personality, which made it a lot easier. But, bro, to yeah. get into something like that, and, again, being who you is, because, like, it's not like, oh, people don't know T.I., but you're a great rapper, so there's an expectation of greatness from you with execution. But now you to, to switch to something completely different and completely new and expect to have that same level of success, like, come on right. shot uh if nothing else we've learned from michael jordan stick to what you're good at okay because mike with baseball was not mike with basketball bo jackson was good at two things but then he did it so short that was he really good at it um but yeah nah ti bro like go ahead back and in, in, in make some like if you want to make a joke make an album about you being a comedian That's, that would be the joke sir let's 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 stick to that room all right, next up and last up uh winning time. We we've, we've been having some really good fun with this show. Um and quite honestly, it's get, it, we we mentioned before, it's start it started off a little slow, but they have been building and building and building, bro. So without further ado, man, go ahead and lead us off with Winning Time.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. And this week, of course, they did not uh they did not leave you without an adult scene. So, you always got your weekly adult HBO scene just to remind you where you are but disclaimer
0: um, <laughs> this show is not carolina sports talk centered and or focused it's not something for the family or for the little ones viewer discretion is advised
2: it's advised certainly so just wanted to pick up a little bit of what we uh didn't mention last week real quick paula abdul cameo so the cameos are starting to step up here in la mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we start seeing uh and i haven't fact checked this but the first you know laker girl choreographer Was uh, high school Paul Abdul? um, That was actually true
0: because I did go fact check. Okay, (laughs) so yeah, Paul Abdul. I
2: mean, between between the both of us, somebody's gonna fact check these things. (laughs) Um, And then also, real quickly, there was a a Jelly Bean Bryant appearance, and Mm -hmm. then the the announcer pans to the uh, to the audience to the crowd randomly, and here's his new newborn. A baby uh kobe bryant and they you know and they and they show kobe again with shout out and respect to the mamba of course the black mamba but real quickly do you think do you feel like that was doing a lot or doing the most whenever they whenever they fit that in there
0: i don't think it was doing the most but they was doing a, they was doing enough, More than enough. <laughs> <laughs> like like there's like enough and then it's like. All right, I guess we'll let y'all let that one slide because y'all been doing everything else, but uh watch it. <laughs> it's right, like when you're in church right. and you acting up and your mama ain't gonna quite pop you, but you're gonna get that eye that do it again and you're gonna get it now. That's that's kind of where right. they were with that one.
2: So so this week we start off with Westfall um actually coming to the assistant coach. She's coming into the uh to the office or to the arena uh to let Jack McKinney know. Um Hey, you missed our doubles, you know, appointment. He figured that Jack would be in the film room. He looks up, the guy's got his feet on the table or whatnot. And and who turns around? None other than Pat Riley or AJ and Buddy. Um, so uh, when that happens, he kind of questions, you know, well, hey, you know, have you talked to Jack? Have you talked to Jack? Nobody's spoken with him since this accident. While they're both in the office, uh, they get the phone call that everyone dreads. Um, And I don't know about you, Big Cliff, but whenever you hear somebody um, that's like around you and they're on the phone and they're telling the other person, calm down, calm down, I've just been through too many traumatic experiences, uh, losing my uncle, my dad's brother, Uncle Alan, rest in peace, and a couple of other family members where it's gone down like that, in other words, where you hear the person in the room that you're with and they're telling the person on the other line, Calm down. I can't you like calm down, relax, relax. So that's kind of what they go through there. Um any of your thoughts as far as the hospital and how they found out and and all that stuff. I mean, they they got them on like ICU or got them in the ICU rather, and got them on, you know, all kind of ventilators and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, so just uh for accuracy, it was a a little bit off on the timeline because again, you know, I went and looked. um, I did look at that as
2: well
0: (laughs) Cinematically, uh, I I enjoyed it I think It it started off with uh, Paul West uh, Was it Westhead? Westfield? What's his last name?
2: Westhead or Westfall Uh, I don't know why I always want to say Westfall But
0: paul so yeah let's say paul uh
2: <laughs> it's bad that it's bad that we even in his name and he don't get no respect on the right, show and was, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, like they called him pete uh dr bus called him pete uh, standing in one of the scenes uh he was like you know what we're not going to tell him anything tell him he had a bike fault because that's what's happened right pete you're coaching today it's actually paul different apostle but right like but uh, he began to paul assert himself yeah, so Paul Westhead began to assert himself in this episode and really become uh, the coach that led the Lakers to a championship. Uh, Spoil alert, in case you didn't realize it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like he he is developing into that coach this week and some of the decisions that he was making with regards to starting players and stuff like that, and um, and just even in his first news kit, news uh, briefing announcement or whatever he, he told uh, coach um west told him hey just go out there and if you get nervous go to your zone and his zone as a former shakespeare teacher was to give them shakespearean tell monologues <laughs> tell monologues and stuff yeah which was like it was hilarious to me but again um the, the show oh we can't say it enough you said it a couple of times each week and i, I gotta repeat it the visual aesthetics of the show in a way that it was shot is beautiful i, I love yeah. it not only is it telling a story with perspectives that I did not know or uh, cuz again because of our age we weren't around for. It. Um it's it's definitely putting in, in a, a a cinematic feel that they, if they if they don't win some awards from this bro, something going on, something wrong. But uh, I I'm, I'm enjoying it, man.
2: Yeah. So when uh the team ends up of course going there, the biggest thing as you kind of alluded to was them dealing with the media and dealing with this kind of this storm. They are you are the Los Angeles Lakers. You've gotten off to this tremendous start, this hot start, and now you're dealing with, you know, pretty much your head coach being a vegetable at this point. So, um, you know, just dealing with those questions and stuff, especially Westhead being the novice that he is at, assistant coach, um, it was kind of a crash course for them as an organization. So simultaneously, uh, you've got Jerry Buss and uh, his business partner, Frank, what a great uh tandem yeah oh yeah duo. most definitely but <laughs> you got them taking a dinner uh with uh the bank people the people from the bank that that they're uh that they've got their loan from they're looking to extend this loan or try to make a deal where you know pretty much they they've got their ducks in a row to where the team has been written over to uh, Jerry Buss's mother or slash wife, I mean, to, to his wife, I believe. So it's no longer in his name. He doesn't own him anymore, but he owes on the loan. So if he goes bankrupt, that's not an asset that they can come after. Um, so there's a funny moment there where uh, they go, you know, hey, you know, is this a dinner for us to talk about? We was hoping that you were going to discuss, you know, how you were going to pay off this loan or when when you're going to pay the loan off because it's, it's pretty much due or whatnot goes you know he throws it to frank frank go ahead and tell him how we're going to pay and frank while he's in the middle of a spoonful of food he's like we're not (laughs) you know what i'm saying like so imagine that you know (laughs) you owe these millions of dollars on a loan and the bank people are right there in front of you pretty much your answer to them says smooth and as calm as you can be is we're not not the one thing that i learned (laughs) right the one thing that i've learned with jerry so far in this uh, series is how great of a poker player and a card player that he is. Just the, the, the tactics that he uses from playing, you know, cards, is just evident in in his uh, negotiations and and different things. They're calling these guys bluff. They offer them, they offer them uh, ownership or like a partnership rather uh, to put their bank's name up, uh, believe, or to be the, the official bank of the Lakers. And then of course a bunch of bells and whistles like you know courtside seats and, and this and that, whatnot. Uh the guys at the bank, again, they're still in in shock from from what they've just been told pretty much that they're not getting a dime. Eventually they end up settling and figuring it out. It's for a high interest rate, uh mm-hmm. I think maybe thirty yep. percent along the lines of thirty percent. And um they end up working that out.
0: Yeah, with the extension and everything. But even in Cause they came back and they offered him that unreal um, deal knowing that it wasn't something that he was in position to accept. And he was like, I'll I'll do it as long as you give me until June, Uh, excuse me, until July. And when they asked, well, why July? He was like, because we're going to win the championship in June and I'm going to need some time to go on vacation and then at that point, I'm going to come to you and y'all going to be begging me to keep my business. So he had no intention of ever paying that 30%. It was almost like, yeah, we're going to win and you're going to want us. And I'm not paying that anyway. So sure, I'll take your terms. Like to right, bet on yourself, right. like that's something different. I think J. Cole said it. If I'm betting on myself, then I immediately doubled down. Like like that's Man. the kind of mentality that Dr. Buss had. And, and and it shows. And it even in the style of play that the Lakers were doing during that time. And what they've become since then and the amount of championships won and everything it paid off man that's like that's the ultimate winning mentality bro
2: and confidence yeah exactly well i I like to i like the word that i've termed or coined is godfidence but it's just something deep down like you got to dig deeper than a regular confidence to to kind of make those type of moves and and say Mm -hmm. those type of things have the gumption that that he had to do those things so simultaneously you go to the star of the show one urban magic johnson He's fielding a bunch of meetings and he's at a, a pretty much like a, a sneaker conference, if you will, or, or just uh, I don't know what you call it. But it, it was a uh, they were pretty much courting him for for sneaker deals. So you see Converse there in the building, uh, Adidas They made, you know, names and mentions of Adidas being there. And um, I'm not sure. Probably, you know, being back in those days, it was probably Pony back then mm-hmm. somewhere in the mix.
0: Pony and Converse. Like maybe rebot
2: Right. Yeah. So he's walking out of the official meetings and uh, got, you know, this scraggly uh, businessman walks up beside him. Hey, uh, how you doing? Uh, uh, Phil Knight. Uh, I, I'm an athlete as well. I, I ran track at University of Oregon.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, my man Phil Knight, uh, who we know now as Uber Billionaire, <laughs> he goes on to pull out flyest Pair like, uh, you know, Nike uh, with magic written on the back explains to magic that they if, if we cut kind of the soul essentially in half, we're going to cut down this. Uh, we're going to increase your speed mm-hmm. on the floor and, you know, help you. you you're running this amount of miles while you, he's giving all this on the fly while magic is just coming from another meeting. Everything that he's actually given to magic at Feeding Magic, magic is looking for. Uh, so he says like he alludes to you probably see me as magic and phil kind of makes mention no you know you're urban or or can i call you urban and he's like i wish somebody would call me right. urban then he's like you know you guys probably are looking to court larry bird as well he's like no we're looking for you you know what i'm saying so it comes down to it reminds me of a lot of the younger uh hip-hop deals with some of the younger labels uh so your wu-tang uh mm-hmm. when they signed with loud records it was similar to what phil knight was offering um Uh, Fat Joe and Big Pun and stuff when they signed with Loud. Again, Loud Records was Nike and then Def Jam at the time was your Converse's, Mm -hmm. Adidas's and all of that, right? So he asks the money that's going on. He's like, yeah, I probably can't offer you what those guys are offering you. probably what, 50, 60 grand, right? He's like, yeah, try 80, you know? (laughs) And he's like, so his his jaw almost hit the ground talking about Phil Knight. And he says, well, what we can offer you is a dollar per shoe that you sell but also will give you equity in the company. This is Nike. Nobody knew it wasn't any kind of recognizability with Nike at the time dog. And I'm asking you in hindsight, so it's kind of cheating, but what would you have done in, in that situation? Truthfully, do you feel like, like big Cliff would have done? Let's I'm, say with the knowledge that you have now of different things like ownership, equity and stuff like that, and stocks and, and things like that.
0: And that's where the, the difference would come. I don't think that in that era that was something that Magic was aware of. Um, now the businessman that he is, now it's no doubt that he would take and go back. There was even a scene later on um, in one of the meetings where uh, one of the bank guys was saying, "Oh yeah, Phil Knight, I've heard him. He's been begging up and down. Da 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 da. Yeah, they'll be lucky to last through the quarter, and oh, it'll be the worst decision. Uh, you, you you're not gonna. You'll regret signing with them." Uh, and it's like, <laughs> no. And they throw the graphic up. That said, you know the amount of money that he would have made with, uh, with an estimated sale 18 of eighteen cents a share, eighteen cents a share, and then just at the market value of that alone today, it would is worth like five point two billion dollars. Like, yeah, and nah.
2: again, this was before MJ came into the league. Mm-hmm. So Phil Phil ended up finding his horse, uh, so to speak. You know, as far as with the NBA and you how know, different they, would they the
0: took, landscape? Pardon, me cut you off. Will the landscape of no, things be fine. if? Magic had signed Magic. with him, and then when Jordan came in the league he's like yeah no I'm not going to do it I'm going to go sign with Adidas or Converse, Converse right. or whomever but like cuz they, they were offering in one of the the, the pit, uh, portions of it that they were offering him his own shoe with his name on it the Nike Magic right. um and he went and made a right. suggestion to the Converse people and they were like well we'll send it to our guys and we'll take a look at it and, and, and I'm sure he didn't get a shoe but like how different would the landscape have been with with just Magic being a Nike and I- Jordan, perhaps not.
2: I mean, well, again, so that part, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would just rule it out that Jordan would not. But Magic at that time would have had the profit share, in other words, that that they ultimately gave to Jordan. You know what I mean? So I think that there was only room for one person to really get that lion's share of those of those stocks like that mm-hmm. and, and kind of be the Steph Curry of, of that time mm-hmm. whenever it came to that mm-hmm. to that brand. But uh, so it might not have been any room or a lot of room for Mike to flourish as much as he did at Nike, which certainly would have influenced his decision if right. he was going to go with Nike. Or because I mean, again, you think about Phil's marketing; he already had the magic, the Nike magic mm-hmm. in his mind. Then Jordan comes into the league, and now you got Air Jordan and and the Air and the whole brand with Air that he went through with Nike. So. You know, it, it I've I've seen different ads in the past uh, back in the day from my Jordan head, y'all might have seen it as well. But it shows the Jordan ones if they were Adidas, if they were Converse and things like that. Then I also have seen back in the day what Converse ended up doing in the when you look in hindsight, it was so quote unquote kind of cheap for the for the for the athlete, but they pretty much They had a color. It was all the same shoe, pretty much. But they had a color for Larry Bird. They had a color for Bernard King. They had a color for Magic Johnson. And then they put it in like these magazine ads or on these TV ads. And that was their marketing for it. So it's like, again, going back to the Steph Curry thing, Steph Curry's children's children don't have to worry about money right now, just straight off of of sneakers and, and apparel. And they definitely don't have to worry about any clothes. They're gonna be able to be draped in under armor for the rest of their lives. Forever. Or whatever like that. But it's again, it's it's something that you can't blame magic for. Um, because like you said, the access to information back then and, and just knowing, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, most definitely, man. But it's it's still interesting to see the kind of the what if and how things would kind of lay <laughs> <I'm telling you. laughs> if one would you, you feel, another, man. The butterfly effect, it, if like, you would.
2: Exactly. Like as that hindsight like having that hindsight, you're rooting for him to like, no, I'll go with that Don't game. do it. Go with that <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And you just like the way that he kind of, he was on the fence about it and then just, the uh, dollars, man. Nah, yeah. like they don't, they got, they, they got the advance over here and these guys are talking about a dollar shoe. But I was talking to my man about it yesterday. Um, if you sell a hundred thousand shoes, you know what I mean? If you bet on yourself, you're still, you know, coming out All right, back then or whatnot. But just to keep it moving, uh, the guy that he was getting to represent him at the time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: excuse me, out of Michigan, uh, his his side chicks, his side chicks, dad, pretty much. <laughs> Shout out to Cindy. Um, did you notice who was playing uh, the doctor, the, the guy that was representing his pseudo agent?
0: Yeah, that's uh, the fella that was face down in uh, the Tyler Perry oh. movie. In the, in the bubbles in the tub when he couldn't move <laughs>
2: yeah 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 okay okay okay. also known as yeah, wood I know harris's you were brother going with that. <laughs> right wood, wood harris's brother so um like we were talking about before the show is steve harris and another steve harris wood harris production here um they were both starring on bmf 50 cents bmf and i may mention to you like their agent probably is like anytime that they shop one of them they're like well two for can't have one without the other <laughs>
0: You sign one, you sign both. We're not gonna sign either, exactly. no, you sign them both.
2: <laughs> so yeah, and, and then shout out to Wood Harris as well. You kind of see um what was his uh his player's name that he's that he's playing? Oh, um, um
0: the one that they traded for. I forget the name, but yeah, I know you're talking about
2: okay. Um, but he you see a peek into his life as far as his demons come back up um whenever they're kind of partying up with Hollywood Elite and stuff like that. So you had a lot of cameos. Jack Nicholson I know you had a, a favorite cameo this week
0: I did um and it was Mr. uh Mike Epps coming in and and doing a heck of a job as one of the legendary comedians of all times in the person of Richard Pryor um I love the cameo I love the perspective that he helped give to Magic um, even though it seems like it might be a little treacherous and might lead to some really poor things later on down the line. But I, I like that he's at least kind of putting them on and, and helping give him some perspective. So that was definitely a shout out to, to Mike Epps for playing uh, Mr. Pryor.
2: Right. And so what, what again, Richard Pryor and um, and his sponsor, if you will, at the time for all of his partying, uh, they they kind of mention it to all of the guys on the team. Introduced them to this new drug, this new designer drug, crack. And uh the team for the most part is like, nah, like I ain't messing with that, I ain't messing with that. So then you go and fast forward to uh their game that they were playing, first game with Paul Westhead at the helm. Spencer Haywood is who we were thinking of, uh that that's played by Wood Harris. He's uh just told that he was going to be benched and that they were going with Michael Cooper. Mm -hmm. And as they're going into the arena, Mike Epps goes, you know. Hey man, come on, come on down to the party afterwards. We got white woman, seven up, and cocaine. And <laughs> you could see in Spencer Haywood's face, like he's like, "Well, I might uh, have to check that out."
0: <laughs> yeah. I that's a bad idea, right?
2: <laughs> so yeah, like you said, it could, it's gonna, it's it's kind of a precursor to bringing up some of his demons or whatnot. Uh, really, some of the last things that I wanted to bring up with with Winning Time as a whole. Like I said, from the opening scene with Paul Westhead coming in, you kind of see where Pat Riley's opportunity to kind of or his window of opportunity kind of starts to open up as far as to get in that coaching circle. Right. If you will, mm-hmm. because of his relationship with Westhead. Um, if you've done your research on kind of Pat Riley's years there and then Paul Westhead's years there, you can kind of forecast where this is going with that. Yeah. Um, and then the, the next biggest thing, again, was Jerry Buss's mother and the story with that. So after Jerry Buss, again, kind of uh, finagles the bagel with the with the lawyer people at that first meeting, he's going in all confidently. You know what I mean? And he's got to go to his mom's house, goes there to the condo. There's a bunch of stuff going on where she's dealing with mental health and in, in some of some of her like in her older age, if you will. And um, and he ends up finding the. uh what do you call it? The, the papers, the, the
0: paperwork, the legal paperwork that actually gave the team to his ex wife, which was the kind of the maneuver that he used to finesse the bank people. So that would kind of led up into the, uh, the meeting that we were talking about earlier. And it was literally the, the tool that he was using to, them in the position that he the was leverage. the leverage thank right. you right and so without that he was going to be in trouble man but he still finagled it and was able to push through but um and i meant to go back and look but everything that she's going through uh she being dr Bus's mom that looks like alzheimer's to me and and it was gotcha. something that was not gotcha. reasonably uh reasonably known at that time during right. that era and so i meant to go back and look and see if that's what she actually passed away from but like the small bits of memory loss and then the fogginess and then the, the 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 manic episodes it, it every bit right. of that looks like um Alzheimer's and so yeah we'll yeah. go double back double back and check and see and make sure that that's what that was.
2: One thing's for sure we definitely see why was why why Dr. Jerry Buss was such a chain smoker as far as with cigarettes because if it wasn't one thing, <laughs> it, it was, was another. another. And it was I'm big stuff too. You. High
0: caliber yes. boy like yeah nah different level so man. not
2: even dementia and like the food and beverages and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was always something, and that just goes to show y'all out there. Like when you're dealing with big bread and big money, you're gonna have big problems. In the words of Notorious B.I.G., big you know facts. what I'm saying? More money, <laughs> more problems. But um, those are kind of all of my notes, kind of my quick notes, if you will, from the show. I didn't, I just didn't want to miss anything this week <laughs> or whatever like that. I had to come back next week. But an awesome episode. Um, it the episode ends again with uh, magic, kind of. Letting Steve Harris's character know, look, your daughter's cool and all, but we is what we is, boss. Like, uh, and he's like, well, what's that? And I was waiting for Magic to go. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Trillville song? Yeah, so um, I was waiting for him to say that, but he pretty much gave him a look like. Uh, yo you know like
0: you said this smile don't be need to be muddied up with bad news even if he had to go exactly. he had the man go dump his own daughter bro like his yo your magic is and, done for and then go invite then, his future wife to the game as in the Detroit. closing yeah, scene yeah in yeah, Michigan deliver yeah.
2: that so I think that was uh, again another uh, forecasting agent or precursor to next week and, and what we're going to see from that so I'm just excited to see I like the speed that the show has picked up, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see where they're going with it.
0: Definitely. So if you're not checking it out with us, uh, take a look at Winning Time, the rise of the Showtime Lakers, available on HBO and HBO Max. But that's going to do it for us this week on another Quick Hits episode. Bro, anything you want to highlight to people on the way out, man?
2: Um, Just shout out again. And also, uh, hate to start and end the show like this, but uh, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins as well, man oh uh, absolutely man. rest well to the brother yeah yeah i definitely wanted to make sure i got that in there um but rest well to the brother
0: yeah most definitely will that's gonna do us for another episode of carolina sports talk we appreciate you tuning in on your favorite podcast app next time tell your smart speaker play carolina sports talk You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk, or to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also check out the Facebook group page, Carolina Sports Talk Talk Back. Until next time, we out. Peace.